afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is David Hampton, the Robo Recruiter, on behalf of David James and myself. And we here we have here today a very special guest. You know, you've heard the expression, uh, the jack of all trades, master of none. But today I would say that we have a master of all as well. <laughs> so without further ado, Sam Simmons, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, David, for having me. Really excited to be here. Awesome, man. So so as, as you I mean, I'm sure you've, you've seen the podcast. And as we discussed before, I mean, this this is really about uh, understanding kind of your your uh your narrative, your, you know, your journey into, into this world, this uh, crazy up and down world. Uh, and, you know, I just want to kind of want to turn it over. And so, I mean, speaking of that, let's, let's just jump right into it, Sam. I mean, what, tell me about yourself in terms of, you know, how you came to be from, from, uh, as I recall, you from California, right? From Poway. And, uh, That's right. and then you've, you've somehow ventured off to the Sin City and you've uh, called that home now, Las Vegas. So, so kind of fill in the gap for me, man. Tell me, tell me about yourself. Yeah, I could, I could go on a while on this because it's been a wild, weird journey uh, to get myself here. But I'll kind of try to give the cliff notes to spare our viewers who are watching this. Uh, so, yeah, I was born and raised in San Diego. Um, went to college out at University of San Diego. I actually moved to Vegas just after graduating to get into real estate, of all things, um, despite this being a, a crypto podcast. And then I ended up shortly after getting into that business, I got to working for a media company here in Vegas where I spent several years and I was working in marketing and then content and production and all basically all aspects of that business for those several years up to becoming president eventually where I served for a couple years. That company was called Poker Go. Um, we basically did streaming production distribution of live poker tournaments and events. Obviously a great hub for that here in Vegas. I was funny enough, I was just before this watching uh, this the show you did with Dutch Boyd and there was a lot of conversation yeah. there about poker. And, did uh, you play? Are you, are you a player? From, yeah, I'm probably like uh, I. I don't want to. You know, I. I'm. I'm actually you're like. You're like hey, yeah, maybe we should play. I don't play very much, right? Yeah, well, I, I gotta. You know, I gotta. I gotta downplay it to uh, to get the right spot. <laughs> um, I play. I still play a little bit. Um, but it's just more of a passion thing more than it was work at that point in time. So I, I was. I was there several years, and I was doing some angel investing during those years, uh, dating back to 2018, 2019. Right around COVID hit, took a couple years off to do some consulting and advisory for a couple startups that I had invested in, just kind of on a passive, ongoing basis. I've been in crypto. How, since... how did you? Uh, sorry to interrupt. And, and sorry no, for the interruption, but this will this will be a good segue points. How did you? How did you get in? Like, how did you decide to go in angel investing? Or, and how did you get? Like, how did the segue happen to? I'm always curious about the bridging of, like, from here to there, that kind of thing. How did you go from you know angel investing to consulting for a couple of projects? It just you say that nonchalantly, but it takes work and it takes something like you know more yeah. than just you know just being somewhere. You know, so how did that yeah. how, how did that happen? Um, you know, it's 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 not something I can necessarily put my finger on. Um, to be honest, I was a little bit behind the eight ball on like traditional investing, like managing a stock portfolio and. Even to this day, the, the retail investing stuff has really picked up steam amongst younger demographics. And I just never really took a liking to it. I really enjoyed angel investing and getting on the ground floor of exciting businesses early. And frankly, I saw it as a much higher upside opportunity. I was very blessed to have had the opportunity to have a lot of different opportunities come across my plate in my line of work in the media space, just being able to connect with a lot of times like high net worth individuals or just very smart founder type folks that 
were looking for capital in their early goings of, of creating their business. So I got into things that way. And then, like I mentioned with the poker go stuff, there was just, I, I had again, the blessing and privilege of being able to very early in my career, manage a lot of aspects of a very complicated business uh, for lack of a better way of thinking about it between producing a hundred days of live poker, producing original programming, juxtaposed next to that live streaming, building out social gaming products, building out okay. a SVOD service. So all these different things kind of was a whirlwind of experience that on the other side of it became valuable to various startups <laughs> that I had invested in. So I uh, just kind of, and again, this was, it was always to be kind of a temporary thing of not knowing what the next step was. So to bide my time and kind of get my feet wet with, and I ultimately help out the investments that I had previously made on the angel side, um, just was dabbling with different things. And then from there really happened upon the crypto stuff. So um, getting to the, the meat and potatoes of this actual conversation, I, uh, I got into crypto back in 17 or 18, but like a lot of people, it was very passive seeing headline news about the crazy price appreciation of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and so on. Obviously got the FOMO kicked in and wanted to take part. I believe it was early to middle of 2018. The uh, the party came to an 3, end very quickly. The 3,000 yeah. mark when you're like, hey, time yeah. to get in. I'm, I got something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, it, it ultimately, you know, I I was there for like the, tw the tail end of the upswing. And then for the, um, for the crash that followed, I guess. And I never really, you know, I my involvement was in so far as checking prices on a once every few days type of basis. It was always a long-term hold for me. It wasn't like I didn't buy Bitcoin and say like, wow, this is the future. It was, you know, I hope to make money off of this. And that's, that's all I cared about in terms of my involvement. Now, that changed right around the time, uh, I guess it was early last year, uh, while I was doing this, some of the investing advisory stuff on the side, kind of trying to figure out my next thing again, biding my time. I happened upon NFTs and that was a big game changer for me in what was really what I boiled down to like the psychological aspects of digital ownership. And, you know, my background is in the media space. My job was to create stories, create content, and ultimately right. use that as a mechanism to deliver value to a community of like-minded um, people in this space that were passionate about poker. And there was always a disconnect to me between content publisher and content consumer, whether that be in a digital streaming world of just having the anonymous sort of, uh, you know, 10,000 viewers watching on Twitch, or even worse, the TV world of being judged by your TV ratings, which aren't even, there's nothing scientific yeah. to that. Like, it's I just no like idea a survey. How work, man. Like, yeah, hey. it's like, oh, this, it's like, yeah, okay. I, still, I, just, I find it funny how CBS is like number one viewing programming in the world. It's like, okay, if you say so, sure. It's about, it's about <laughs> as far from an exact science as you can get, but everything is contingent upon it. So it's like that, that disconnect always was odd to me, but it was just the nature of the beast and, and the world that we lived in. But NFTs in a number of ways, you know, I saw, I'll say first, I, I, I bought in before fully understanding it, which I don't recommend now that I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more experienced in this stuff. I don't recommend anyone, but that's what yeah, I did. You lost, you lost and, some and you, and you won some, right? I mean, you're a poker player. You win some, you lose some, right? You, you, exactly. you know, sometimes even when you call, you're supposed to win, you lose, right? So I don't know anything yeah. about poker. That's what I and heard. There's, so. <laughs> but there's, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. There's been ups and downs along the way, but ultimately for me, it was about buying that first NFT, which was, uh, 
for anyone that knows that the gutter cat gang was the uh, that was the project and having something that was unique to me having this one of one uh not only symbol of my digital identity but the community that i associate with and then seeing other community members welcome embrace me just for the digital identity that i put forward was a very special thing and i you know there's there's more to it than that obviously but that really was the catalyst to me like okay there's something here I felt something buying an NFT. I never felt anything buying Bitcoin. That was just that was for the purposes of price go up. Yeah, this it was is pragmatic. Like, so, so, so in other words, like I mean, I think what you're talking about is like you know, C.S. Lewis said the greatest human desire we have as humans is to belong. So, in in essence, I mean, in 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 such a way, to me, what you're saying, what's speaking to me is like you're saying, hey, I felt like I belonged. Like it, like it yeah. was it was something that like oh, like it 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 was. Uh, like a gravitational pull and and then everyone else who was in there was also grab you know it was, it was uh comic exactly. gravity per se yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah it was it was a, it was a unique phenomenon to me so it, it wasn't necessarily one that that had me had me quit everything right away but i spent a lot of time from there doing a little trading on the side degening a little bit if you will but really getting into the nuts and bolts of the technology like okay like let's let's backtrack a bit blockchain isn't new but now i need to figure out what this is built upon so like let's let's get into the weeds of like blockchain technologies cryptography how does this all work what is an nft what can it resemble what are the use cases for nfts and i basically spent 3 or 4 months making up for lost time as quickly as i could in my off hours and then late i guess yeah middle to late part of last year ended up saying you know what effort i don't know really know where this goes but i'm going to get into the space full time i believe in this to be the future based upon my studies and i'm willing to bet my career on this so that's been the past year plus for me is really my the core of it since goes last, back to the uh, since last september essentially last ish yeah i yeah about about like late september early october is when this all started for me so a little maybe a little bit less than a year but about a year or so okay um So I what I what I really have positioned sort of my role in all this as is with the background from the media space my focus is on through the through my uh through my little like consultancy project non-fungibly curious um it's around making NFTs approachable like it's it sounds very audacious from the outside looking in seeing these major headlines of these board apes and how much they're selling for crypto punks and the ridiculousness of it all but the actual use case around ip holders and how they can engage connect with create experiences for their fans digitally by way of nft yeah. technologies that's that's where my focus lies and then in tandem with that i'm also working with a longtime business partner who's raising a venture fund right now called dream ventures on um on uh, bringing in web3 projects basically. So everyone like whatever whatever the future is going to be in web3, I spent half my time trying to identify those uh those up and coming businesses I suppose, projects we called them in web3 and attack and and being a part of those. Do you in terms of that, do you guys um do you guys are you guys involved with like helping them augment their like their hiring team, they're getting the right people in there? Are you guys like uh, highly involved with that part of the process in, in the startups? Yeah, certainly so. I I mean, I think that is ultimately one of the biggest challenges at that stage. Like the best case scenario for a startup business is that you see this growth beyond expected, but with that growth becomes problems with the inherent problems with scaling of needing to needing to to fill in your team to match that demand or or match match that scaling growth. But oftentimes 
especially in a specialist industry like blockchain technologies and some of the partners that we're working with, those aren't positions that are easy to fill. And in fact, right. even more so if you fill those positions incorrectly with the wrong people because you're doing so a bit hastily. And I, I think of it yeah. as like changing the wheels on a moving car where like, if you if you put on the wrong size wheel, the car's going off the track. So it's a very, it's, it's a very important thing. And we try to help out as much as we can uh, with that and other aspects, but ultimately that's kind of where we position ourselves as as a, as a VC is like we want to be involved as our founders want us to be because some you know some founders are going to be more like leave me the hell alone let me go build oh, some will be hey so, we need we need your help along the way so it just it just depends so so did it, so are you guys I mean it, I mean I'm kind of trending the line between venture capital versus like venture studio right like in, in the difference being you know for those who, who may not know like venture studio is kind of doing like you know three things in one it's like the incubation idea part the operator part coming in and helping like you know actually incorporate what they know operationally and then also uh you know what everybody needs which is the capital right and and i and i and i and i asked that because we're we know i i'm fascinated by the vc world i'm fascinated by the startup world i'm fascinated by by recruiting right as you know i mean that's what we that's what we do as well and and so I, I asked from the vantage point of like, you know, there's the fourth prong of that. If you ask me in terms of a venture studio would be like, okay, how are you guys augmenting the, the hiring or the enrolling? You know, there's, there's like this, no, not kind of a term that, you know, I would say, you know, what's between like enrolling and hiring. Right. And, and the thing is, is about hiring versus enrolling. And I'll, 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 I'll ask you about this because I think it, it's an interesting philosophical question is, is you can, you can go out and say, Hey, we'll pay you to do this job. Okay, but that mm -hmm. doesn't make them want to do the job that you need done in a certain way that you expect them to do it or want them to do it. So, so talk to me about like, and I, I'm putting in the spot in this regard because I mean I know I, I know it's gonna be a fluid conversation. I told you this right, but what are your what are your thoughts on like being like the founders who can enroll versus like the 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 conundrum of of hiring the right people per se? Like, how do you how do you view that? Like, how does that? How does that so it's 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 a fascinating question it's actually very timely for me personally is i'm i'm trying to get better about reading but really for me it's audiobooks but my big sort of theme right now is around motivation and in particular gamification of your life and like how how you can find intrinsic motivation and how that is more more of a motivating factor than extrinsic motivation so you can put mm -hmm. together the sexiest comp package for an early stage hire but that's not going to be necessarily what it takes to actually, you know, so to speak, to like in, in terms of buying into the vision, get them to drink the Kool-Aid and do the job in a way that is that does justice to the startup itself. So it's a tricky thing, and it's it's not I, my answer is a non-answer in that it's just a challenge. Like, and, yeah. and it's 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 <laughs> it's something it's something that I look for actually, like when we're in, when we're looking at uh, when we're listening to pitches and stuff because. To your point, you kind of project out like a founder's passion, their vision onto not only a pitch that they give you, but then how they deliver that to hiring out their C-suite or employee number one, too, as, as, as they go along their journey, where if right. you as an investor, no matter how good the idea is, if you can't be convinced of their vision of their passion for what they're building and perhaps in in some cases it may seem as like well there's a there's a white space in the market so we're going to go pursue it like that doesn't get me excited but like this is this is my baby this is my dream this is how i want to change the world if you then flip that and think about yourself as a prospective hire to an early stage organization like that to me i'm a lot more drawn into the second one which is not necessarily 
I'm, I'm gonna we'll make a lot of money in by taking up this white space in the market here's your comp package to do the abc of what i need you to do i want to follow the guy that's trying to change the world and that's obviously a very abstract sort of almost like a we no, no, type it's, of it's vision a, a but you kind of yeah, get what i'm saying it's it's a really good example i mean because here, here's the thing i mean this this you know I, my background being in psychology and I, I didn't know that that having studied psychology that i would do what i do on a daily basis i love what i do and and you know but but the thing is is like when it comes to recruiting motivation um i think it, i think when it comes down to enrolling and hiring i think it comes down to really truly understanding people's motivations and I, and, I, and that sounds basic but i but i but i mean really what i'm what i'm going back to is there, there was a test called the thematic apperception test and it's dated back to 1950s so we're talking like over 70 years ago right and and they the basic it's a, it was a projection test it was, it's a projective test that that they use in batteries to see if someone is like is insane or not or competent to stand trial this is i mean not to give you bore you with that stuff but it's interesting to me so <clears throat> so you take that 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 thematic apperception test which is a projective test and what it simply did is they showed you these, these picture cards and they said make they said tell me a story okay the 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 they after after a number of cards were shown to the patients or to people they they noticed the themes that, that that evolved from that the three major themes that if you think about it are that that evolved are that the motivated people are power achievement and affiliation okay now i think that as we go through different seasons of our life those things um they they permeate and they change right one becomes more important than the other and i mean this and these these have been used to to um you know this this basic uh these basic concepts have been used to like also provide leadership profiles of state union uh like state state leaders dating back 1945. so we're talking i mean it's not made up it's just that like now now you take that concept and you and i and, and doing this on a daily basis in terms of enrolling or hiring however you want to think about it like understanding why it to me it comes it, it comes down to okay what are you are you wanting to get something done really well are you wanting to like rise to the top or are you wanting to like feel like you're part of something that's bigger than yourself with the people that you want to deal with and that's the simplistic yeah. way of like of of those three themes you know but but usually one is driving right and yeah. you know usually money is usually a part of it in terms of the power because the power comes with the money right so um the achievement you know you you can associate money as well because if you get to a certain point you expect the money but not always you know you can be a high high level ceo at a nonprofit. you may not be getting a lot of money but you're doing so um but i i appreciate your uh i, I appreciate that because uh um, yeah it's it's a it's an interesting thing because like and I and I now that you're that you're talking about it like it's almost because you I, this is from me and the odds are looking in like you obviously are you talk about masters and and whatnot to kick off this kick off this uh, session here you're the masters of recruiting uh, with with blockchain recruiters so oh, no, I know no 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 that, that, you're too but, kind too kind but but I I on my end like whenever I would think about recruitment it's like you're looking for the right person for the business that that you're that's right. a client of yours but at the same time it's about finding the right business for the person depending on what Correct. of that triangle of of needs they have as a potential employee and it's in into like the venture stuff that it, it's it goes it starts from the beginning when you're even having conversations with founding teams like you probably is 
I'm now already in my head thinking about some of the companies that we've worked with closely. And you kind of start to put together this picture of like, you have the founder who's the face and maybe that is, call it, call it the, you know, the, the, they want the fame of it all. I forget what word you use, but something like they want to be the front man, the front, the lead singer of the band. You have the person behind the scenes, perhaps the COO, who's more about the power and control of the organization. And then you kind of have the behind the scenes techier person who fills a role as well. Like you kind of have to, you have to have those boxes checked. And if you have two that maybe are wanting the same things and have this, have the potential to create friction against one another, or maybe both wanted to be the front person or both wanted to have decision-making control, that's where you encounter issues. So it's as much as, you know, in the venture stuff, you're trying to make uh, trying to make decisions based upon ROI. You also got to become a little bit of a psychologist there to figure out like, all right, does the team mesh well? Do they have the respective backgrounds yeah. and the priorities that, that are going to make it all work in the long term? Indeed. No, well, well said. I mean, and that, and that's, and that kind of, I mean, that's why there's, you know, the, that go, you know, this, this takes back to, to the personality testing and, you know, that was, um, it's been so relevant as a recent, because I mean, I've had a lot of clients who use a certain personality test. Hey, we want to see what their, their disc score is, right? The ISC and they, you know, see how that is. And they, and the idea is, is cause they want to see how well, how, how this person scores so they can match someone who, who would fit that personality as well on a small team, right? That's the whole idea what what happens is is that as much as that's an ideal um situation they don't end up using the disc or the personality testing to to pair up or to team up the the right teams together because they're like oh yeah we just, that's just part of our process and they and they get because it because what happens is as you get bigger right it's part of those processes that you're like oh yeah this is gonna make sure we're hiring the right people the entire time but if you're not meshing the right teams together then that's gonna that's gonna you know just and they'll be create factions you know so that yeah. becomes a, a long-term issue in terms of like, what do you think? But anyways, we, we digress in that regard. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Sam, so, I mean, you, you've covered, you, you've talked about like, um, you know, you got not, was it uh, non-fungibly curious, right? You got your, yes. your, what's your VC firm that you guys are partnering up right now? What are you guys doing? Dream, Dream Ventures is what it's called. Dream Ventures. Um, we make our founders dreams reality. We like to say it's our cheesy tagline, <laughs> but awesome. we, but we roll with it. And then I'm also it, under under sort of the umbrella of the non-fungibly curious stuff and working with IP holders on creating NFT collections. I'm also operating chief strategy officer at NFT Stadium, which is a basically a marketplace and launch platform for sports and gaming um, on launching NFT collections that create That's fan awesome. experiences, a lot like what I mentioned earlier. So yeah, okay. it's, it's 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 been a lot of fun. It's like half of it's like the operational, like actually creating and launching project side of things. The other half is very macro of, you know, keeping high level on the investing side and trying to monitor trends. So it, it can be, it can be overwhelming at times, but not for a dull day. That's for sure. That's awesome. Well, and so, so here, I mean, so for those who are listening, I mean, go ahead and go ahead and uh, tell them where you can be reached, you know, whatever, whatever email address or whatever website you want to put on, you know, say, say, you can say it all if you want. I, I don't mind that. Yeah, at all. sure. So, so my, my, the best place to reach me is on LinkedIn, uh, under uh, Sam Simmons on LinkedIn. I, I, I kind of, I toe the line between the business suit and the NFT degenerate a little bit. So like my LinkedIn is kind of like where businesses and then my Twitter is where the party is. I, I go by Jimmy swag NFT over there. <laughs> All right. Um, and you'll find a very different persona than what you'll see on LinkedIn. But yeah, I mean, it's uh yeah, I like to, I like to toe the line and ultimately, you know, catch me, catch me there. Uh, email is Sam at NFVS.io. Uh, any of the above, feel free to reach out. 
That's, that's Sam at N as in November, F as in Foxtrot, B as in Victor, S as in Sierra, as in Sierra Mountains, and .com. Is that correct? .io. You almost had it. Excuse me. Excuse me. .io. <laughs> All right. Just checking to see if you guys are listening. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, well, Sam, appreciate your time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to uh, sign off here with you and, and just... Thank you so much, man, um, for David James, as he would say, get whispered. I'm not saying it like he would say. And for myself, I'm eternally grateful, and every day is a gift. So thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, everyone.